Coming up on Smart Tech Today, Matthew Casanelli and I talk to Yuval Boger, CMO of YCharge, about the future, which is true wireless charging via infrared technology. It is fascinating, so stay tuned to that and so much more. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This episode of Smart Tech Today is brought to you by FreshBooks, the number one accounting software in the cloud for self-employed professionals and their teams. Make the running of your business easier and more efficient with FreshBooks. Try it free for 30 days at freshbooks.com slash STT. Welcome to Smart Tech Today, where we explain the exciting, dynamic, and, well, sometimes confusing subject that is the Internet of Things. I'm Micah Sargent. And I'm Matthew Casanelli. And I'm excited because we have our first guest interview today. Woo! Yeah, this is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Yuval Boger, who is the CMO of YCharge, is here with us today uh, to talk about uh, the Y charge technology. Now, this is uh, the the true future, Matthew, because I can <laughs> remember for the longest time I have been sort of not anti uh, wireless charging pads, but sort of really bothered by the fact that we call these these little things that we we put these pucks on our table and we put our phones on top of them and then to call that wireless feels a little weird because there are your phone is still <laughs> sort of anchored to that but why charge is a little bit different yeah it seems it's so the main it transfers wireless over a light base station into your devices so it provides wireless power across a distance not just Qi charging where it's like if it's half a centimeter off it won't work <laughs> yeah that's kind of been the <laughs> annoying thing so Yuval you're here uh do you want to tell us you know a little bit about uh Y charge and um just explain the main technology to folks and <laughs> and what makes this technology so revolutionary absolutely so I think um you definitely touched on the need today uh when you have a smart home device or an IoT device it gets power in one of two ways. Either it's wired, meaning it's tethered to the wall to a power outlet and gets all the energy it ever wants, but it's it's not mobile. Or it's battery operated, either a, a single use battery or a re- rechargeable battery. But then the issue is first, you have to either recharge or replace the batteries. And then we also find that manufacturers limit the functionality of the device because they don't want to force the users to recharge or replace very often. Uh, Imagine, for instance, if you had this super smart door lock, but you had to replace the battery once a day. Well, (laughs) that's not really tenable, right? (laughs) So what manufacturers do is they, they sort of fight this battle between power consumption and battery capacity and, and functionality, and usually functionality loses. So uh, YCharge set out to offer a third way of delivering energy to devices. Uh, As you say, uh, long range wireless charging. So the idea is that from a distance, you know, uh, 10 feet, 20 feet, five feet, sort of room size distances and and even beyond, we can deliver energy to a device uh, without that device being either corded uh, or running purely on battery. And because we can do that, we can either eliminate the battery altogether 
or eliminate uh, the process of charging the battery. The device just is topped off indefinitely, but yet deliver plenty more energy than battery does, so you can have all the functionality that you want. Now, this sounds magic, and <laughs> people think it's magical, but it's not magic. It actually works. And here's how it works. We analyze the various ways that you can send energy from one side of the room to the other. Let's assume you don't want a lightning discharge inside your living room. So what you really have to do <laughs> is you have to take electricity from the outlet, convert it into something. It could be light, it could be radio frequency, it could be ultrasound, it could be any phenomena that you want. And then on the other side where the device is, capture as much of that energy as you can and convert it back into electricity. Uh, we chose light. So we have a small transmitter. Uh, it uh, today is the is the size of a, say a Coca Cola can, so pretty small. Mm -hmm. Something that wouldn't take half your living room. <laughs> it, it finds uh, small receivers. Our receiver could be as small as as a fingernail, so you know half an inch by half an inch or something mm -hmm. like that. And then it sends a thin beam of infrared light, invisible light from the transmitter to the receiver. The receiver is essentially a solar cell, a photovoltaic cell that mm. takes this concentrated light and converts it back into electricity. And the outcome is what we said, you no longer need to replace batteries, you no longer need to be corded. Wow, okay, yeah. so so this, basically it's, it's uh, two devices in any way. We've got the one device that's sending out that. And I imagine that you, you mentioned it's like a very concentrated device. So I couldn't just use the, I couldn't take my remote for my television and hit the number two and hold it down and charge up my phone using that. I imagine that, that <laughs> infrared beam is not as powerful as what the uh, Coca-Cola sized transmitter is doing. That's correct. Because when you uh, push the number two on your remote, you're not really trying to send energy. Energy is sort of a byproduct of what you're doing. You're trying to send just a tiny bit of information to your TV set that it will know that you press the number two. Um, similarly, with, uh, if you have a Wi-Fi router, you're not really trying to send enough Wi-Fi energy to charge a device, and you uh, actually wouldn't be able to do yeah. that because the FCC would step in and say, no, 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 <laughs> it's dangerous. You're just sending a tiny bit of energy that is then amplified by the device. Now, with our technology, we're actually sending power. So this is a, a much more significant amount of energy than you can get with your infrared remote. Okay. Uh, now let's talk about sort of the, the choice that you made here. So you, the, the company made the choice of using infrared technology. Is that because of its sort of um, flexibility? Like, does this work during the day? Does it work at night? What's, you know, you have to have line of sight. How, um, how can I imagine using this in my uh, daily use? So let's say I wanted to, in a world where I can charge my phone with this, is this something where I need to be sitting on my couch in the same room where the transmitter is? And is it going to work in the day and at night? And how does infrared sort of play into that? So, so first to answer the question, yes, it, it works day and night. You don't have to do anything. It, uh, it's completely plug and play. Uh, one finds the other and then energy transmission starts. So there's no configuration. There's no pairing. There's no web browser. If you have a 
a transmitter in your office and a transmitter at home, you know, you can take one device from here to there and you wouldn't need to do anything for it to start charging. Um, light is the best choice for that after we did all the analysis for two uh, big reasons. One is uh, physics and the other is safety. Let me just <laughs> dive a little bit uh, deeper. Uh, when you think of a light beam, uh, imagine a laser pointer, right? You could be standing in one side of a room and paint a really tiny small dot on the corner of the other side of the room. That means that if you had a photovoltaic cell, a small solar cell, you could have a very, very small cell, yet capture the entirety of the beam. All that energy would be captured by a very small cell because the light does not become wider and wider. The beam stays narrow and focused. Mm. Uh, in contrast, if you have something like radio frequency where it's actually designed so that your entire neighborhood could, could get your radio station, right? Mm -hmm. it, goes, yeah. it goes wider and wider then the farther you get, the farther you take the receiver from the transmitter, the less and less and less energy that you're able to capture with any given size receiver. Um, so, so one huge advantage of light is that we can send much more energy and the amount of energy that's captured does not change with distance. You don't wanna say, oh, I can hypothetically charge my phone at one centimeter, but there's no way I can charge it at, uh, uh, 50 centimeters, <laughs> uh, right? Right. Yeah. So that's that's one reason. The other reason is um, some say that uh, light is nature's preferred way of power delivery, right? You go outside the parking lot, there's infrared light all, all around you that's part of sunlight. And why is that important? That's important because as, as human beings or living organisms, we've grown accustomed to being in an environment that has infrared light. Um, that's not true for um, for RF, right? RF is fairly new, has been on there for you know, 100 to 100 years. And so human beings are not truly accustomed to a higher power RF. And where that is reflected is in the safety standards. The US government and other safety organizations come in and say, well, this is only, this is how much you can send with RF, this is how much you can send with infrared, and you can send much, much more with infrared yet be completely safe. By the way, if you could send a lot more with RF, then you wouldn't have any Wi-Fi issues at home, right? Because mm. everyone would just boost up the uh, power of their uh, Wi-Fi routers, but they can't do that because they're bumping up against the limit of what the FCC allows them to do. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say, is the securities, or not security, but just like health concerns are always what seems so foreign with something like this, but it is, as you were explaining that, I was like, oh, yeah, the sun, duh. <laughs> like, especially because it doesn't lose the energy over great distances. That was like my main question is how much like power delivery does it get compared to a normal wall outlet? Because I saw that you have one watt and three watt levels. Is that it? So we have transmitters that can deliver uh, anything from you know 250 milliwatts of usable energy to the client. This is something that you can actually use that 250 milliwatt of energy to charge your device or to power your device all the way up to devices that can deliver over uh, two watts. Uh, now, let me just give you a perspective here. Mm -hmm. If you had a smart home device and that smart home device had, say, four AA batteries, and let's assume that you were willing to replace these batteries once every six months, you say, well, that's, that's reasonable, that's not too much. If you calculate that out, 
the average power consumption, the average amount of energy that your device can take from the battery is about one milliwatt, one one thousandth of a watt. So wow. even our low end product delivers 250 milliwatts, 250 times that. So imagine how much functionality wow. uh, you can get this way. Nice. And Does that mean that one station delivers 250 total across each of the devices that it's hitting? like that or is it one per connection sort of thing yes yeah, so so the 250 milliwatt uh, device in our example can uh share that energy across multiple devices it's almost like asking um how many users can a single wi-fi hotspot support well it depends on how how much bandwidth they want right are they checking yeah. email or are they trying to watch a movie so a 250 milliwatt a model can either deliver 250 milliwatt to a single device, or it can say, no, I have five devices, and on average, I'll give them 50 milliwatt each, or nice. I'll give 200 to one device and, and a little bit to 10 other devices, and so on and so on. Now, that makes you, sense. Do you see this technology more as sort of a transferring to the, the you know, the, the client and it then is charging up a battery that then powers a device? Or is this like a direct thing where you are sending the power, the power goes immediately to the device to power it? Um, or because I'm thinking of lights and, and so like an LED light, it doesn't take up a whole bunch of energy, but it does if you want to run that light throughout the day. So is this an instance where you have kind of like battery packs attached to everything that can be charged with this infrared light or are we looking at just you know when the light comes on it's it's directly getting that power from the the connect or from the transmitter so we do have demos where the light is just powering directly the device uh, if you've been to trade shows and seen white charge you see lego trains that run without batteries and and that's using our uh, technology. But in most cases, you would have either a small battery or a supercapacitor. Uh, and they that battery or supercapacitor would collect energy from our device and then make it available to your device. And there are a couple of reasons for that. Uh, one reason is what if there's a power outage? I mean, even your security system at home may have a three-day backup battery, right? What if there's a power outage? You don't want your security system to go down. The second reason is that there are many devices that have um, low average power consumption, but high instantaneous power consumption. So the, the most extreme example, for instance, is a height adjustable desk, one of these desks that you push a button and becomes higher and lower. Mm -hmm. So when the desk operates, when it rises or uh, lowers itself, maybe it takes 50 watts, but it does that for three minutes a day, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. So you could run a height adjustable desk with a wide charge system because you'd have a battery on that desk. The battery would collect energy during the day. And then when you need, you know, 50 watts for a minute, you'd have it. So in most cases, we see sort of an intermediate energy storage after the wide charge system. OK, that makes sense. Um, so let's talk about how this technology sort of, uh, that was one perfect example, I think, with the, with the desk. What are some other ways that, from the consumer perspective, uh, this product, I mean, you have had some demos involving some of the devices that we talk about on this show in particular. What are some of the 
go-to demos that you give right now, how people could use this technology in, in their homes? Sure. So, um, for instance, we did an open house in California last week. And so we demonstrated the train, which is sort of direct drive. We had a smart lock, uh, one of the popular smart lock vendors that uh, the smart lock no longer needs batteries. It just gets its power from white charge. We had a phone charging solution. So today, most of the modern phones have Qi charging, right? But let's say, let's say you were opening a bar and you wanted, or a restaurant or a Starbucks, and you wanted to provide your existing customers the ability to charge their phones, but you didn't want to run outlets or wires to your beautiful new countertop <laughs> at the bar. So we've got this standalone device that receives energy for wide charge that charges a battery and then the battery powers a Qi charger. So it's like a bridge between your current phone technology, Qi, and what we call the future of power, which is wide charge. So, so that's one other thing. Uh, we've also demonstrated and had it at that open house an aftermarket kit for an, a, uh, an Amazon uh, a, uh, an Echo Dot speaker. Mm -hmm. The idea is that the Echo Dot is a beautiful device. It receives data wirelessly, but it still needs a power cord. So yeah. just like Wi-Fi eliminated the data cord, Y-Charge is eliminating the power cord. So we have this uh, attachment that goes with your Alexa and makes it totally wireless. So you could just put it on a shelf or stick it on the wall with double-sided tape, and you're no longer tethered to a wall. Nice. That was a that was a good explanation. I was like, oh, that's the that's the line there, the uh, power delivery thing. Um, yeah, that may, that is a huge problem with any type of wall-mounted smart tech stuff. Is it's like this looks great, and then there's a big cord going down the wall in front of you. <laughs> Would it is it strong enough to do? I guess probably not televisions, because that's the big thing. Is like those super flat panel TVs that go on the wall could be truly wireless. But if you get I enough batteries, people, I guess people just drill <laughs> holes in the wall at that point for for something we that dedicated, but. Yeah, we, we don't do televisions, but some of yeah. the other things we can do is security cameras. So yeah, if you if you want a security system and you want to place a camera in the top corner of a room and running the cord to the camera is either ugly or maybe you're renting and your landlord doesn't allow you to embed cables in the yeah. wall or you just don't want to <laughs> make the effort if you're moving in six months. With wireless power, you can just put your camera wherever you want. Uh, put a wide charge device that uh, can charge that camera and now you're done. So um, we can have applications that eliminate the need to recharge, that eliminate the need for power cords for sufficiently small devices. And ultimately, because we can deliver more energy than batteries, we think that there are going to be all these new applications that people uh, start thinking about because they're now possible with this increased level of power delivery. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah, see, I've this this would be perfect for me because I've got on my wall I've got these LED light panels and they look great, but then there's this big honking white cord that I have to run from them over and down and all through the and it's it's not pretty and it would be so nice if it just oh yeah you know I've just got this transmitter that replaces one of the lights in my ceiling and it's just powering that thing whenever <laughs> I need it that would be so great so. 
let's talk about that in particular, if that's an okay question to ask, like how far is, is Y charge, um, sort of focused on working with companies who will then integrate your technology into their systems? Or is this something where one day I could go get a Y charge system to add to the smart home setup that I have in my home? Our effort right now is working with manufacturers to, uh, to embed Y-Charge technology in their devices. Uh, one reason is that there are so many different applications for the Y-Charge technology that we couldn't possibly be active in all of them if we were actually trying to make the device, right? Yeah. And, you know, we don't want to compete with our customers. We don't know how to make security cameras. We don't know how to make Amazon Echoes, but we can make them wireless, which uh, so is sufficiently revolutionary. So our business is to work with companies to embed our technology in theirs. But we would certainly expect that in 2020, you as a consumer could go out and buy a product that's wirelessly powered by Y-Charge. Gotcha. Uh, interesting. That So it's almost as it's, you know, you look for the powered by Y-Charge kind of thing that is included as part of whatever package it happens to be. And so in theory, then I would have my, uh, y charge transmitter that I got from a smart home kit that I purchased, and then I, I look for that Y charge powered by Y charge badge, um, and then I know that when I'm adding these lights to my home, that the transmitter is going to work with that. Absolutely. I wanted to give you one other example of an area that people don't have a lot of smart home devices, and perhaps it's because of electricity, and that's the bathroom. Um, I mean, I don't know about your bathroom, but my bathroom has about two outlets, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah one same. Of- it's permanently occupied by the toothbrush and one is, you know, my wife plugs in the uh, hairdryer sometimes and, and so on. But if you start thinking about the bathroom of the future and say, oh, you know, I want uh, a speaker as part of my shower. I want a faucet that automatically adjusts and controls the water temperature. Uh, I have little kids and I want a lit toilet seat so they, you know, they can find their way at night hmm. um, and, and so on and so on. These all require power. And today to run power in the bathroom is is a huge renovation project because you're not just going to run cables in this water-rich environment. <laughs> right. <You're not> yeah. <laughs> get a contractor to open up all your tile to you just say, well, forget it, I'm not going to do it. But now if you could just install a Y charge transmitter and now power would get to wherever you need, whether it's the the, the yeah. stall or the shower head or the faucet. Uh, I think it opens up exciting opportunities, and and we may start seeing them soon. Oh well, I like we that. may start that's seeing the, them soon. That's the exact reason I don't have any small speaker in my bathroom because I have one outlet that's not even near the sink. So like I have to use an extension cord to use my beard trimmer, and I mean that alone could be wireless too. That that would be nice. Oh, uh-huh. I, it's all clicking for me now. More, it's like it. it I feel like the. The like similarity to just solar power is something that I didn't fully click at first, but it, it seems like it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. This is cool. Uh, so you you mentioned earlier, Yuval, that uh, you were showing off a home in California somewhere. Is this something that is uh, you know that is a place for for businesses to come and check it out, or is this something that uh, folks like us, journalists who cover this, can can see these homes? How, or is this even a thing where consumers can come check it out? Sort of, where do those open houses fit into the process? Uh, basically, I want to know, you know, for those out there who are curious about Y Charge, 
what are the best ways for them to kind of learn about this technology, um, even if it you know doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that right now they'll be able to get their hands on it. Sure. So um, the open houses that we did last week in California were sort of one day events. We had one in Mountain View and one in San Francisco, and we advertised it on Eventbrite and on social and on our website, and anyone could come in and sort of experience the magic of wireless power. Uh, but there'll be others. I mean, we'll definitely be at CES where we might do additional open houses. There are other shows. So a really good place to go is, is of course, the uh, Ycharge website. That's y-charge.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter, get our insights. Uh, I have a podcast, the ChargeKite uh, podcast, where I host experts on wireless power and, you know, have a new episode uh, once every couple of weeks and of course we advertise these events like the open houses and and trade shows so just sign up to our newsletter and and by the way you guys should come on my podcast uh, i'd love to have you there yeah. excellent yeah we will definitely have to do that and uh i'm i just followed that because i want to stay posted for your next open house so i can come check it out in person in fact matthew and i both could since we're both here in uh california assuming that you have uh one i'm sad i missed the san francisco one yeah i was gonna say <laughs> Uh, but we want to thank you uh, for joining us for this conversation and this fascinating uh, sort of first look at why charge here for us at least and a little bit of information about uh, what the future of true wireless charging could look like. And I, for one, can't wait for my smart bathroom powered by light, I got to say. Very good. It's been a pleasure to uh, be on your podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us. Bye bye. All righty, folks, uh, coming up, we have lots more to talk about here. But first, I want to tell you, you guessed it, our pals at FreshBooks, who are bringing you this episode of Smart Tech Today. Thank you, FreshBooks. You rock. Uh, they provide the number one accounting software in the cloud uh, for you, and they take the stress out of accounting and, and the, the stress out of everything for you and your business with easy-to-use billing, expense organization, and time tracking. And by the way, it's all at your fingertips. If you're self-employed, are you stuck in the old days of manual invoicing? Well, stop. Stop wasting time. With FreshBooks, your billable hours and expenses are automatically added to invoices. Easy invoicing means more time to grow your clients' list. You can serve them better and, of course, share in their success. If you have a team that you need to keep on track, well, you can collaborate with your team all on one platform and utilize specific team members by assigning them to the manager role. Of course, this feature allows your second in command to manage projects, billing and other team members more effectively in a single tool. So you can get back to the work that you and only you can do. If you're always on the go, well, don't worry about it because FreshBooks has you covered there too. You can download their easy-to-use app today and always have your business with you. You can snap a picture of a receipt so you can keep track of your expenses. You can respond to clients from wherever you are and you never miss an update. In fact, FreshBooks lets you stay in sync across the desktop and mobile so you can work on whichever devices you prefer without missing any important information. Uh, FreshBooks is used and trusted by small business owners in over 120 countries, including here in the U.S., because my co-host Matthew Casanelli knows a thing or two about FreshBooks, right? Yes, it is my go-to source for keeping track of all my um, invoices and also expenses, which has actually been something I'm trying to stay on top of for <laughs> this year. Uh, well, I'm glad that FreshBooks is there for you with customer service via phone. 
email, and live chat, you're able to get a quick response to your questions. Make the running of your business easier and more efficient with FreshBooks. Visit freshbooks.com slash STT and enter Smart Tech Today in the How Did You Hear About Us section to receive 30 days free. Once again, that's freshbooks.com slash STT and enter Smart Tech Today to receive 30 days free. We thank you, FreshBooks, for sponsoring this week's episode of Smart Tech Today. We do appreciate uh, having you here. Okay, folks, (laughs) it is time to talk about the news, the smart tech news. (laughs) Uh, So one of the things that I found fascinating was actually a last minute story that I saw pop up. Uh, It's about Google. Uh, Well, it's actually about Alphabet, which is, of course, the owner of Google. And that gets very confusing, of course. Uh, But they are bidding to buy Fitbit. Um, So one of the smart things that we talk about on this show, of course, are wearables, these devices that help you track yourself to figure out what's going on there. And uh, these wearables are uh, potentially going to be bought by by Google. Now, that is interesting. Um, Yeah. So Alphabet, which I just want to call Google, buying this company i've seen the history of google purchases and when they can be bad and when they can be good and the fact that google really does just sort of uh send make a lot of stuff and then take it away and make a lot of stuff and then take it away and so i am feeling a little weird about fitbit being purchased by google um and i wonder if this is um if this is an opportunity for Google to compete with Apple in the fitness and health space, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. What, what do you think? I feel like this is their only opportunity to do that since they already tried multiple versions of smartwatch technology that seems like it hasn't really taken off. And then Fitbit has been here all the time. Like regular people use Fitbits and I think that's one of the main things that you need to go for with this type of technology is if regular people aren't wearing Wear OS, it's probably never going to work or something like that. So it does seem like it would play into their strategy and just like take an existing brand. Who knows? Maybe it'll be called the Nest bit or something oh like that. Oh, my God. Oh, my <laughs> oh, God. Terrible. Well, what's Clearly Google's I'm... isn't Google's health platform called like Google Fit or something? Yeah, that's true. Oh, that it. Maybe they it's they're like we ran into copyright issues, so just buy the whole company. No. Yeah, that is it. It is called Google Fit. So yeah, that's um, easy. Fitbit would be yeah, that is true. Slide that's right a, in there. Just add the bit. Um, yeah, just add the bit. Um, now they the shares rose twenty seven percent on the news. So yeah. Fitbit's doing well with. Uh, I was going to say, if you're purchase. invested in them, that's the best news you've heard in years. Probably. Yeah, darn it! I wish I would have uh, hopped on that before, but I don't know. I, if I would have heard that, then. I would join Martha Stewart in prison for insider trading. So uh, I guess I won't be doing that. But um, yeah, I think that you're right. This is an opportunity. This is the only opportunity for Google to, uh, at least right now, sort of compete in that space because it does seem to be, it's either Fitbit or it's Apple Watch. And Apple Watch has a huge uh, chunk of the market space. But if there's one other device that I see on people's wrist that is not just a regular, if if I look at someone's wrist out and about, um, and they're, but I only look at people's wrists if they've got something on their wrist. I'm either, yeah, I'm creeping. I'm either looking at a, an actual like full on non smart watch or I'm looking at a Fitbit or an Apple watch. Those kind of yeah. seem to be the three 
types of, of uh, on-wrist devices. Um, so, and I, go ahead. I think like nobody wants the Fitbit smart assistant also. Like that is one of those things where just please just use a normal assistant technology that you don't have to like create a whole ecosystem for that maybe then is like three years later shuts yeah. down. It's like just integrating with the big platforms i think this could be super good for fitbit too because they get fit they get to use android wear apps instead of like fitbit apps and services so that's gonna be maybe more of the like just google ai stuff and and things like that fitbit's been around for a long time but it's i haven't really heard that much about them recently or anything like that but that that might be my biases too. <laughs> well, they had to, so they did have to cut their revenue forecast in July. Uh, they didn't see yeah. very good sales, um, and so it's clear that they too were kind of looking for some other opportunity to really increase and improve upon uh, the wearable. And I, you know, I don't want to see Fitbit go the way of, exactly. of Pebble. Um, like I want these watches, these other opportunity or these other platforms to survive. Uh, especially one like Fitbit. It's been around for a long, long time. And I can remember before the Apple Watch, you know, was around um, people really getting into moving around, making sure they were getting in their 10,000 steps and things like that uh, with the help of their Fitbit watches so or Fitbit wearables. Um, so I think this is good to have two huge, potentially two big companies sort of competing in this space back and forth uh, here. Uh, now the next the next little news story that I saw pop up uh, is Waymo has been working on you know fully automated vehicles for a while, but now in Phoenix they are offering uh, pickups that are called rider only trips. <laughs> that means no driver in the yeah. driver's seat. These are fully autonomous uh, cars or vehicles, and now it's only available to a few hundred early users, but. I, this is without a backup driver. There's no human at all in this, in the, in the driver's seat. And I'm curious, was, would this be something you would ride in? Uh, I, I think I'd do it. I don't know. I mean, maybe it depends on where it is. Like, I don't think I'd get on the Bay area freeways and rush hour or something like that, but. I don't know. I mean, I was going to say, would you go into your studio? Because that sounds like it would be a nice, pleasant trip. (laughs) If I could ride from my home to my studio in a driverless vehicle and I've seen it be successful, like I can go back (laughs) and look at the history of Waymo and see that it's successful. um, I would absolutely uh, do that. Absolutely. Because yeah, I mean, I don't want to drive. If, if I, don't I don't have, have to. to drive, if I can just sit in the car and get things done while I'm on my way, if I can send myself messages and use my Fantastical <laughs> and do <laughs> to get things done, uh, then absolutely I'm going to do that. And that's what I see. Like the future of of um, of automated vehicles for me is the ability to plan my you know there's no there's no such thing as as travel time or is not as much of a concern about travel time uh where you're literally unable to do anything while you're driving and yeah. i can just sort of do the things that i need to do or by golly if i want to watch an episode of madam secretary while i'm in the car then i can do that too uh, whatever that'd be so it's all nice. gonna be netflix time for sure yeah um. <laughs> yeah exactly let's be real i'm not gonna be working at the car i'm gonna be i feel netflix i just want the like it, your shuttle shows up too. That's the part that's cool. It's not like you have to spend twenty five grand on an electric car. Is it's just like a bus, a personal right. bus, I guess. Yeah. I love those uh, tweets that are always like 
congratulations, Silicon Valley. You just reinvented the bus. That's <laughs> no, always good. Yeah, I, I, I don't need. I love the option of of because that's kind of what the few of the shows that I've seen. I'm trying to spit out these words and they're just not coming out. <laughs> um, but the shows that I have seen that are showing off this technology, um, it often is a. It's a city that is offering these driverless vehicles, whatever they be, and you summon them. You don't have one yourself uh, because you don't need to drive yourself anywhere anymore. There are plenty of these vehicles out there. And so you summon it, it comes and picks you up, and then you go. Uh, I like that idea more. So, you know, you've got your Ubers and your Lyfts, but now there's nobody in the driver's seat and you can go. Oh, this to me is that's a future that I'm happy to have. Um, Especially a future without distracted drivers is is nice. Yeah. I especially like, I mean, just Minority Report style, where like all of the cars like merge for themselves perfectly and all that is like, if it's that safe, that's when it's like, yeah, why why not? Because why? then at some point you can the cars can start going faster. You know what I mean? Like if <laughs> if all the and I know people are out there going, <gasps> but seriously, <laughs> if there's no concern for the uh, the issue of the inconsistency of human beings then the cars can travel faster to get to their destinations. Um, I'm hearing just cringing happening everywhere. But genuinely, like, there's a future in which we don't have the same speed limits because we don't have to worry about the error that causes us to have speed limits in the, the human yeah. error that causes us to have speed limits in the first place. Uh, the next thing that I thought was a pretty great story and is actually something again that I might take advantage of. And I wouldn't be surprised if you've got some sort of shortcut to make this happen. <laughs> but, uh, it turns out that if the company chooses to interact with, uh, or to integrate with, uh, Amazon's platform, then you can use Alpha, which is for folks who just uh, started watching the show, the name that we call um, Amazon's smart assistant, A-L-E-X-A. But you can use Alpha to pay your bills. Yeah. Which, I don't know, I would like to be able to, I mean, most of my bills are set up to automatically pay. Yeah. Um, it's but, kind of an interesting, I mean, it seems like a big move for Amazon Pay, which is something that I think most people might not even really like be aware exists is just the way to make payments through Amazon and probably, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I guess I should check their um, receipts or their security stuff, but like the more information they have about the types of things that you buy, the better they can recommend products to you. So that, but I, it's still like your electricity bill. Like one of them does say, disconnect my electric bill and it's like what who is who is ever gonna use that one yeah. is like <laughs> i would use, hey, just don't pay my bills this month it's like no <laughs> i would Turn like to use the one that's like compare my electricity bill because if i saw it on um if i saw it on you know the i i saw the bill come through and i'm like whoa that's really expensive and then i could go back and see uh, what yeah. the bill was before that would be kind of nice and i don't have to like get up or move around or anything like that. That's kind of nice. Um, but I don't know that that's, you know, now that I think about how many bills I just pay automatically, I don't know that this actually would be all of that helpful. Um, although checking to make sure that the payment went through is kind of nice or, or an alert that says, Hey, your payment went through because I do use Amazon's notification system that's built into the echo devices, uh, yeah. to where I know when my 
packages are going to come, you know, on that day or what have you. So there's, I've been scaring my girlfriend with that. She's like, what are those noises going off in our house? Because because HomePod doesn't do anything like that. So it is totally foreign. I guess, yeah, I did miss the part about like compare my electricity bill because that's something that, I mean, we have like somewhat poor insulation. And so during the winter months, it immediately starts to jump up a lot. It would be nice. I'm curious if you could see mid-month how it's doing because that would oh, be yeah. like what, a little more actionable. What are my forecasts for this month, do we think? Oh, yeah. Because Amazon's really working on their AI with that too. So if they could mm-hmm. plug that in, that would be really nice. Um, this is something that I know you've been wanting to talk about uh, because – this happens and then folks don't really seem to talk about it. And I'm kind of pumped about this. Uh, HomePod is finally, finally getting a pretty big update that's going to add several new things. Um, but of course, one of those new things is some real <laughs> series shortcut support via yes. multi-user. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So this is actually, now that I put this in here, but I've been trying to test and it's been failing with my girlfriend today. So I haven't actually confirmed and I'm slightly scared actually because I've been <laughs> like, scared. this is one of those things that I'm, I'm like waiting for, but I noticed, so when you add a multi, so HomePod got multiple voice recognition mm-hmm. and, and, and that means that when somebody else in your house wants to ask about their calendar or their reminders or other personal information, it can now recognize that they're the one asking versus you and then, do the right thing versus just like adding a calendar event to your dad's calendar or something like that. Um, In theory, this should allow you to run shortcuts, but I noticed when the personal requests screen came up, it didn't have the shortcuts icon. And so I haven't actually tested it yet. We tried and every time my girlfriend, it was like, what's on my calendar? It was like, I don't recognize who this is. And she's like, oh, it's me. And then it's like, set this up in the home app. She did it. And then nothing happened. And then we did it again, and then it popped up again. So hmm. there are definitely bugs. Um, but the HomePod in general did get uh, features like handoff. So you can that tap your phone to the top of the HomePod. And I think right now it is airplaying to that device. I thought the original feature of this was to actually use AirPlay 2 to hand like entirely stop playing on your phone and then have it start on the HomePod. Mm-hmm. But from what I Federico Viticci of Mac Stories put out an article and I think it does just airplay it, which now, is weird. Is this with the phone calls too? Because you can hand off music, podcasts, or phone calls by bringing your iPhone, iPhone, your iPhone close to <laughs> HomePod. But if it's doing that in all cases, just as an airplay device, that is a little weird. Yeah, I think, well, phone calls probably are still just airplaying from your current device to that oh yeah but this is something yeah that makes sense but it's basically like the most significant update that the home pod has gotten um i will need I'll, i will confirm next week definitely for sure of all the sh- shortcut stuff that does work um but what's cool is you can also add music into your home kit scenes now this so is a finally for me yeah, i want to be like, able to wake up to lizzo or beyonce <laughs> or something and i want to have my home kit scene it turns on the lights bright and then maybe I set it so then it drops it to 50 and then turns bright again. And so I'm just like having my dance party in the morning. And for the longest yeah. time, you couldn't use your HomePod as easily to make this happen. And finally, my HomeKit scenes get this functionality added to them. Yeah. But what I about seen, if I want to relax? 
What do you mean? It's got ambient sounds. That's oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, the uh, new like white noise type things or like uh, soft rainfall. Um, I do know a developer who makes it's called Dark Noise, and that's a really nice ambient sound app too that has a bunch of shortcut support. So I, I was a little bit like, I hope he's not like crap. <laughs> but um, even still, it's like that should be built into something like smart speakers most of the time. Um. um yeah, yeah, I I think so. I think so. So I'm hoping I haven't uh, updated my HomePod yet, but I'm planning on doing that. Um and maybe I'll be paying my bills with uh, Alpha while I'm at it. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll have, we'll just have to see. Uh, a couple more news stories uh here that we want to talk about. So one is that as Apple had promised, uh, Apple TV, the app was going to be coming to a bunch of different smart televisions. Um mm-hmm. and so what that means is that With the Apple TV app on your smart television, you can watch your iTunes library of content, but you can also use Apple TV's built-in channels service that lets you, within Apple TV, subscribe to HBO, uh, what is it, Cinemax, um, a bunch of different ones, yeah, Stars, several of those, and they have pretty good trials to get, like free trials to get you kicked off. The big thing is that on these different devices, including now the Amazon Fire TV, you are able to access your iTunes library, which in the past was not as easy to do if you were yeah. like doing some sort of HDMI streaming from your your computer or your phone or whatever. Um, so and Apple a lot TV's of the new new TV shows too, the Apple TV. Oh Plus yeah, Apple TV stuff, Plus. That's all launching this Friday with their like morning show and then the C show where everybody's blind and Jason Momoa is punching people or something like that. I think that is um, what it is. It's pretty much just that, yeah. <laughs> just punching. Um but they look interesting and it's this is an interesting one with the walled garden complaint mm-hmm. because Apple's walled garden has I mean maybe they just are nice they're friends with Amazon again because you can do Apple Music on Echo devices and stuff. So it does make sense though cuz it's kind of like it, it would be pretty dumb to make everybody buy an iPhone just to watch the TV show. Like you do get a year of Apple TV plus when you buy new Apple products right now um, for free, but it is still like these are eventually going to, people are going to want to watch it. And it's like, you don't want to have to buy a new smart tech technology just to watch another program. So it, it, this is something where the walled garden needs to, have holes in it? I don't know. <laughs> Apple is in I'm the services game. They're in the services <laughs> yeah, game exactly. now. It's not just hardware anymore. So they're going to offer <clears throat> uh, these services that are available on other platforms so that anybody can uh, hop in and buy it. Um, I think that's going to have to uh, to cover it. Um, the other news stories that are here, um, a quick little note is that uh, Philips Hue, has been working on some uh, filament bulbs. So if you are, uh, (laughs) if you, if you have a bunch of extra money and you are extra and you're a hipster. Yeah. So I guess if you live in Berkeley, um, And you want calling to, me out? I'm me calling out. you out a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I was in Berkeley last weekend, this passing weekend, and it's pretty hipstery, but I kind of <laughs> like it. Um, in fact, the friend I was with said. I think that Berkeley is is the right city for you. And I said, why? And he said, well, you just kind of have some hipster vibes. <laughs> <laughs> so I belong there with my Philips Hue filament lights. But um, these lights uh, give you that look of classic lighting uh, while also offering you this smart 
the smart functionality, the smart wireless bulbs and things like that. Uh, but they're pricey. They're, they're not, they're not cheap. And you know, that's, it's not, not everybody's going to be able to, um, afford these. I think they do have nice sizes. I think it's a lot of desk lamps have really small bulb sizes. And then in general, if you have any exposed bulbs without like a lampshade, the hue lights are generally way too bright. And so these are actually dimmer so that when they're just on in an open outlet, like kind of those wall mounted sconce things, I think is it is, um, you can look at the bulb and it won't blind you, but it'll still be a nice sort of vibe. Nice vibes. Mm. Um, yeah. And then the other thing is that there are a few updates with HomeKit. Um, so, we have some new technology that's getting HomeKit capabilities, including, as I mentioned, with uh, the release of iOS 13.2, uh, HomeKit video. Is it sec- HomeKit secure video is the, is the yeah. feature. And so what this does is it allows you to uh, it's kind of a privacy and uh free of subscription functionality. So a lot of times when you buy a a webcam or a smart camera of some sort, you have to pay the company a monthly subscription to get access to a longer backup of the video um, to get the functionality that can tell like, oh, this is a pet or this is this or this is that. With this update, it allows all of that processing to happen on your local devices and it lets you save a certain amount of video without having to pay anything extra. So yeah. you buy the right web or you buy the right smart camera that works with HomeKit and then it will do all of that uh, local processing of the data instead of sending it off to a server somewhere. So the uh, what is it? It's at Arlo or is it Anchor? Uh, Anchor has a Eufy brand, E-U-F-Y, and it's like the Eufy 2. So that now came out and that works with HomeKit. Free DVR storage is what they're saying, which is actually pretty, that's pretty cool too. And then um, the other one is, yeah, the Arlo too. And then it's it's basically just like, it seems like a lot of these HomeKit cameras have been waiting for HomeKit support and now they're finally starting to roll on through, which is nice. Absolutely. Um, and then the other thing is Nitatmo, the weather station thing that's been around for years and years just finally got home kit too, which is that was kind which of is great. Yeah, yeah. long time coming there. Um I've held out on getting one of those weather stations <clears throat> for this reason. Uh so it's kind of nice to see that get support. And you know, we don't have uh a lot of time to talk about this, but we might touch on this next week uh mm-hmm. because I think this is a big story. But one of the criticisms is that Amazon and Google for the longest time have been doing super well in in the integrations for the smart home. And Apple has kind of been falling behind in that, or that's the argument at least. Uh, well, Apple is currently working on improving those uh, its efforts and building a team. And like I said, I think we'll talk more about this next week, but it's clear that they are really trying to make sure that they reach out to companies and get the support added to different smart webcams and, and all sorts of devices so that they can be yeah. sort of playing at least on the same field as the other uh, smart home device manufacturers that are out there. I did think it was funny that the article was about how like Apple's falling behind and there's four line art, line items about new devices that got HomeKit updates this week. So yeah. it was pretty, pretty interesting timing. But it is like, I saw that article and I was a little bit like, I hope they didn't just start doing this because... <laughs> 
this they needed this like a year ago yeah absolutely um okay let's go ahead and move on to our picks of the week um so as i mentioned here in petaluma uh we are getting some of the ash and and smoky air coming down from the north due to the wildfires uh and so i've been trying to keep track of the air quality because along with me um i also have two tiny dogs with tiny little respiratory systems and i want to make sure that they're breathing the best air that they can Uh, one of my dogs is a full-bred chihuahua and with that he uh has something that's common in chihuahuas where they're um goodness it's it's part of their the breathing tube will collapse because it's it's such a small little tube in there that the changes in pressure can actually cause it to sort of collapse in the middle. And so he starts sounding like a kazoo. And so that happens regardless of any bad air. Uh, That's just a thing that he has. Um, And so obviously I need to be keeping track to make sure that the air quality is good. Uh, And so far, so good. Um, I've got this service called and it's a it's a device and a service and it's called aware uh that's a w a i r i get it <laughs> uh-huh, you're aware of the air wink, wink, wink. <laughs> uh, right and so this sensor it's the second edition of the aware and it is i have to say it's a gorgeous device it's like got this wood um exterior yeah, that's nice. it's very hipster uh, it's got this wood <laughs> exterior and this white interior and it almost looks like it is a uh speaker it, it looks a lot yeah. like a, a mid-century modern speaker um but on the front it tells you your air quality and can give you that and if you knock on the top of it it'll give you the current time so wow. it kind of switches between the two screens there um, but what I love about it is that it bugs me throughout the day. Hey, here's what's happening in your home right now. Like the, the temperature is pretty low or the humidity has just gone up or the CO2 in your wow. home is up. And it does uh, multiple things. It does temperature, humidity, CO2, chemicals, and the uh, parts per million of, of uh, what are they called? Like dust or, or whatever. Yeah. And right now within my home, we're at 134 Ooh. unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is just not great. That's and this dreadful. is, yeah, <laughs> this is with windows closed air, uh, AC running to sort of take out some of that. And with my air filter also running, like I've got wow. one of those, whatever, I can't remember what they're called, but it's the wire cutter recommended one. Um, do you know what your average is average when it's, when it's not, uh, smoky outside i don't know but it's so the the app has like five different dots and the like at the top is the really red dot and the bottom is the green dot and right now i'm at really red dot okay. uh, but i'm normally <laughs> at green dot so it's got to be like 15 20 normally and it's at 138 yeah. right now so. yeah wow i knew, uh. <sighs> Dang it. I'm not going to buy this one live on air this time because I actually last week I did that and then I ended up switching my decision. But this is like I don't have air conditioning in my house in Berkeley because 99% of the year you don't actually need it. And we don't have any type of way to like air out the house. So gotcha. Now um, I might need to get one of these. Yeah, <laughs> so it's one hundred seventy-five dollars. You can get it on Amazon. Yeah, we'll include it in the. the <laughs> we'll, we'll include it in the uh, in the show notes. Matthew, what is your pick for this week? Yes, I wanted to go something that people might not think about, and even the way Apple talks about it is weird. So this is for uh, Apple TV users. The Apple TV Remote app 
has Siri shortcuts functionality now. And so what that means is normally you can use in Control Center, you can bring up the Apple TV remote like digitally on your phone. So you can swipe around and select stuff. You can use Siri through your phone to control the TV, which is cool. Um, but the in iOS 13, Apple added the remote app actions to shortcuts where you can turn on your TV, yes. you can sleep the TV, and then um, I don't think... Well, oh yeah, the other one is show the remote and then... The cool thing is you can open apps on the TV. And so you can have, like, uh, I think I named mine Succession because that's the show that I've been watching on HBO now. And yes. all it does is open the, turns on the TV and opens it right to the HBO app, which is, it's just like, I feel like all of this smart home stuff that even we've just been getting in the last few months is like, this is so cool. And then it's, I feel like it's like hard to appreciate because we already have it and it's not like, I wish I had this. So it's, it's like your HomePod can control the whole room and you can, can open stuff on the TV. I guess now that I think about it, all of our replies to this are going to be, you can just do that with <laughs> Google Assistant now yes. that I think about it. So, well, but it's still, it's nice it's, to have that now for you. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, it's sort of like all of the, different brands are sort of getting to like a similar level and it's exciting to play around with. All right, folks. Well, like I said, we've got fires uh, all around. And so this is a very special uh, episode. We thank you for tuning in today. If you have questions or feedback, which we will answer uh, next week and in the shows to come, you can email us at stt at twit.tv or you can also head to twit.community and sign up for an account there and leave us your questions, your feedback, your uh, your shortcuts projects or just any yes, sort of smart home thing that you want, <laughs> whatever it happens to be that you want, uh, tune in live. We record the show live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern. That's 4 p.m. Pacific or 2300 UTC. You just go to twit.tv slash live, or you can join us on Twitch, T-W-I-T-C-H dot TV slash twit, T-W-I-T. Uh, and you can watch it live so you get to see the video portion of it. But if you tell your friends out there to subscribe to the show, share it with people, talk about it, tweet about it, Facebook, whatever, oh, you know, Facebook, but please do share <laughs> it there too. Uh, that gets it in front of other people's eyes. And when they subscribe, then we get more subscribers. And we re when we reach 30,000 subscribers, video magically comes on. So if you want to see this show in video, that's how you do it. Uh, Matthew, if people want to follow you online, how can they do so? Um, at Matt Casanelli on Twitter and then search for Matthew Casanelli on YouTube and I should pop up. Beautiful. You can find me at Micah Sargent on most of the social things. Uh, if you want to subscribe to the show, you head to twit.tv slash STT, and that will have links to all the different places you can subscribe, be it Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, etc. Uh, and I guess that's the end of the show, Matthew. So it's time to say goodnight to your smart assistants. Hey, Sierra, sleep on my Apple TV. <laughs> Very nice. And I will say, hey, Alpha, it's time for bed. <laughs> <laughs>